Hey, Chuck, what would you say to guys who are in a long-term marriage or long-term relationship who want to have more sex? What's your uh, advice on that? Well, I would say that everyone's responsible for getting their own needs met and their own needs want. So if you're in a relationship and you're not getting the kind of sex or the satisfaction that you want in the relationship, it's up to you to figure out what's going on. So you're either stuck in a dead relationship that's been dead for a while and you've just been afraid to bury it, or you're not creating the kind of attraction in the relationship that leads to having great sex. Do you ever wonder, why do I always seem to give so much more than I get? All I want is to be appreciated and loved. Is that asking too much? Why do all the jerks get the hot girls while I get stuck in the friend zone? When will it ever be my turn? If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Nice Guy Show. This is the podcast that asks the question, how do I break free from the nice guy syndrome so I never have to come in last again? Now here are your hosts, Faisal Coker and Chuck Chapman. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us on the Nice Guy Show. My name's Chuck Chapman and I'm here with my co-host Faisal Coker. And today we're going to talk about five ways to fix the dead bedroom. Actually, we're going to talk about 10 ways to fix the dead bedroom because Faisal's bringing his top five and I'm bringing my top five. And so it's kind of a two for one today where you're going to hear from both of us our own personal advice of what we would do to fix the dead bedroom. So um, let me just start out with a story. Okay. So my first marriage, uh, it was a sexless marriage. I would say for the vast majority of the marriage, um, it was, it was a dead bedroom. When my first wife and I first got together, we were having sex all the time. You know, the first, uh, probably even, you know, year or so, six months at least, we were having sex quite often. And then all of a sudden it just died. And I didn't know what to do. I just thought that, uh, this was kind of what happened in relationships, you know, but because we weren't having sex, we were also not talking about sex. So we just kind of swept it underneath the rug. Um, and so for years, and I was married for, uh, almost 20 years, just shy of 20 years. Uh, we had sex very rarely. I would say that for most years, we would have sex on average twice a year. What? And yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. One's on your birthday and one must be one. Yeah, one's, one's, yeah well, Christmas and <laughs> <right>. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of guys out there that have this same kind of experience. In fact, the, um, the research out there is that one in four men are in sexless relationships. And a sexless relationship is defined as not having sex for at least three months. Wow. I, you yeah. know, one in four, I, I reckon one it's, four. it's way more. Yeah. I, I would, I would reckon it's more than that as well. Yeah, that service probably out, you know. So uh, yeah. I reckon it's it's more than that. So Chuck, uh, let me ask you. Uh, let me probe a little bit. Uh, yeah, this one because it'll be quite interesting for the use uh, readers here. Listeners. What listeners? That one. <laughs> what happened? I mean, like you said, you suddenly uh, it stopped. I mean, usually things you know gradually happen, but <laughs> how how was it suddenly? Um. This is going way back, so I'm going to try to re remember all that that happened. But I, uh, I think, in a large part, my nice guy was, you know, I didn't, I didn't approach, right? And um, actually, it's one of the things that oftentimes, uh, you know, when working with couples that are in sexless relationships, this is what happens: is because she's not pursuing you, you assume that she's not interested in sex, mm. right? And so when I've talked to couples in the past and I've said, you know, what, you know, why, why aren't you guys having sex? You know, the, the woman oftentimes will say something along the lines of, well, you know, he doesn't ask or he doesn't pursue me or he doesn't act like he's interested. And the guy says, well, you don't act like you're interested, you know? And she's, she's kind of like, well, I've just sort of been waiting on you. And, and I think that that's one thing that's super, super key in this 
you know, when you're in a relationship that you actually talk about sex, the kind of sex, the frequency of sex, um, that it just becomes a topic that's easily talked about. You would talk about that sex just as easily as like, what movie do you want to watch tonight? But most guys guys find it very, very difficult though. They do. They do. Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you find it like, was it like shame attached to it? Was it taboo? so much? Yeah. Shame, you know, and I've talked about this before. You know, grew up in a very religious household. We didn't talk about sex. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about sexual needs and desires. And so in this relationship and my, uh, my then wife, she came from the same kind of background. So it, it wasn't something that either of us were used to talking about. Yeah. In fact, it felt very, um, you know, sort of cringy and shameful to, to bring up sex. And, you know, we do kind of what we sort of refer to as the nice guy seduction of, you know, kind of like you test the waters, you know, let me give you a back rub, you know, oh, she's not saying <laughs> no. Okay. That must mean that she wants more. Let me let's slip down a little bit, you know, and that's, uh, that's the, uh, the nice guy seduction technique. Yeah. And I, I, I know that one, you know, that one, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than just being like, Hey. You want you ready for some sexy time? Um, yeah. So you, you know when you had a so uh, you know uh, when you had a problem and or some there was a problem or issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so would you guys just ignore it and just yeah. like sweep it under the carpet and just move on, like and and not address the white elephant in the room? Yeah, our relationship was based on nonverbal communication. You know. And the nonverbal communication was that we made a lot of assumptions about each other. My ex-wife and I, we really didn't have a whole lot of conflict, which on the one hand I thought was kind of good, but now I realize that that was really unhealthy. We didn't have conflict, so there wasn't any friction, so there wasn't any tension, so there wasn't any attention. And we just, we wouldn't bring things up with each other. So something would be bothering me. And rather than bringing it up with her, I would just stuff it down and she would do the same thing. And after, you know, 20 years of that, um, you know, it's just unsustainable any longer. So I always tell guys, you know, if you're not having conflict in your relationship, then there's actually something wrong. When somebody tells me, Oh, we never fight. I'm like, I don't know that. There's something else going on there because just yeah. if you're in, if you're in a relationship with another human being, you're going to have tension and conflict, and uh, you know that's just a natural part of being in relationship. You know that's so. a, that's a pattern that's a pattern I've noticed as well. There, I remember at work years ago, and there was a guy, and I said, "Hey," he said, "I've you know I've been with this girl for about you know 15 years," and I said, "Okay, how's it going?" He said, "Yeah, you know we never argue, we never conflict. You know, there's no conflict. It's all you know." routines same old same old right mm-hmm. and then you know we went out and after one evening he you know he confessed he said you know what there is no uh intimacy there is no sex mm-hmm. and I, I noticed that pattern is mm-hmm. like, there mm-hmm. isn't any conflict yeah. there isn't also there's a dead bedroom yeah. but sometimes you get the opposite as well sure there's too much sure. conflict and there's no dead right bedroom. and then there's, there is a dead yeah, bedroom, there's a dead bedroom. There, there, Absolutely. Yeah. It's gotta be a, a, a balance of that. And again, the, the idea of the positive emotional tension, okay. Nice guys hate tension. So what do we do? We kill the tension. Women need tension in order to feel attraction and attachment. When we kill the tension, we kill the attraction and the attachment. Okay. So what we do is when there's a conflict that creates tension, we don't address it. And that non-addressing of that tension, then because we're not leading in the relationship yeah. and addressing those things, she feels that and then, you know, starts to slip away because there's no attraction and attachment on her end because there's no tension and attention to her and the relationship. So this is a really hard concept to understand. Right. And, and I it know is. that a lot of guys, a lot of guys would say, well, it doesn't make logical sense that tension is needed. Why would, tension be needed in order for for sex for it to you know get to sex or or any kind of intimacy or connection yeah um well so i think it it comes it's a it's a primal type of instinctual impulse 
Yeah. Uh, so it's not, it isn't logical necessarily, you know, but it comes from that sort of leftover, um, primal need to procreate, right? And that, you know, 30,000 years ago out on the Serengeti, you know, when we we're tribal people, uh, you know, the men would go off out and they would hunt. And then the women would stay back and take care of the children and the elderly. And they had to entertain themselves somehow. You know? So what they do, they would create drama. There would be this, this, this tension. The men would come back from the hunt. The women would be all, you know, about this tension and drama. The men would be go, we're going back out in the hunt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you and so, this. <laughs> right, exactly. And I think that just still kind of exists today in that the feminine energy needs to feel, okay, because the feminine is all about the emotion and feeling, right? If I'm not feeling you, that tension between us, and and see, well, that's the idea is like, we think of tension as a bad thing, but you need tension in everything, right? You need tension in growth. You need everything is about, about tension. And it's not that tension is bad. It's that tension is, can be uncomfortable. But if we're, if we're always in an, in a non-stretch way, then we're never growing. We're never changing. And I think that growth and change is one of those primal human needs. So like why people go back to school. It's why they, you know, that, um, you know, they, they, we need to grow and we need to change. Absolutely. So, and when you said about tension as well, you know, tension helps. It stretches. That's the word you use. It was it stretches, stretches yeah. or emotion because imagine, just imagine going to a theme park and mm-hmm. the roller coaster was real slow. It was a, like it was a little bump. <laughs> You don't want to go to a roller coaster that you want all the daring right. swings and rounds and loops and mm-hmm. everything like that. That's what makes it so yeah. exciting. Yeah, it's scary right. and it's frightening, mm-hmm. but it's also mm-hmm. thrilling. And that's what yeah. women want to feel. Actually, we right. all do, but women want to feel this a lot more. And it's like having a bland food. Can you imagine mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. no spices, right? I want to feel that tension. I want to really taste it. And and that's the thing with guys. When guys go and create attraction, they don't mm-hmm. stretch her emotions. And that's what no. that's when she says there was no chemistry. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's what the guys did. There was no chemistry. There's no chemistry. And then you know, they think when there's no chemistry, there's no tension. You know. Uh, yeah, to just kind of tail on that a little bit, it's similar, like, you know, if you go to a game, you know, like a football game or something like that, and it's, it's just really even the whole time, you know, mm. um, nobody's scoring. <laughs> it's like zero, zero, the whole game. It's like so boring, you know, but if it's, you know, uh, you know, one to two, and then, you know, it's the last, you know, three minutes of the game, it's really exciting because, you know, are they going to tie? That's where all that tension is built up in that excitement. And so if yeah. we're not building that kind of excitement um, in our relationship, then, yeah, oftentimes that's going to lead to the, the dead bedroom. And well, why don't we... No, go ahead. Well, I just want to quick share this. Here's something interesting, right? She doesn't have to like you in order to be attracted to you. Right? There's a lot of times when um, there's been cases where she's, I remember I was doing this speaking gig and there was like hundreds of people in the, in the audience and I was talking about uh, neuroscience a bit and I was just covering the basics of it. And this lady stands up and she's like, no, it's not, it's not true. I hadn't finished my presentation, right? Because in part two, it kind of covered what yeah. she was she was saying, uh-huh. she got really angry with me. And I, you know, I, I kind of calmed her down. And then uh, when the presentation was over, I said, Look, come over and talk to me when the presentation is done. So mm-hmm. I just want to continue with the presentation so it doesn't affect everybody else. Mm-hmm. And she comes over, she marches over to me and she's like, no, no, that's not true. And I kind of like, we had a bit of a, a conversation afterwards. And then we exchanged numbers. And, <laughs> right? And she's like, call me. She's really angry. She's really annoyed with me, right? So she, you know, we exchange numbers. And then the next day, she's sending me pictures. She's sending me all these lovely text messages. And the guys are like, what? I'm like, 
tension, sexual attraction. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. logical, right? As yeah. uh, David DeAndre says, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. The law, the world sense. of eroticism is very different. And that's what a lot yeah. of smart guys get wrong. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk about our five ways uh, to cure the be- dead bedroom. And both of us have come up with five different ways. So um, let me go ahead and share my number one, and then I'll have you share your number one, and then we'll just kind of go with that. So Chuck's number one way to cure the dead bedroom is to talk about your sexual needs. All right? If you're not talking about it, then you're not creating tension. You need to be talking about your sexual needs and desires. You got into this relationship because the foundation of the relationship was based on sex, right? No guy gets into a relationship thinking, I just want friendship. I just want, uh, you know, somebody to hang out with, you know, now that you got into it because you wanted sex, right? That was the number one thing. So this is when you're in a monogamous relationship or a relationship that's in this container, you say, I am only going to be have sex within this container. I have all these other relationships out there. I got a relationship with, uh, you know, my friends, I got relationships with coworkers, got a relationship with the uh, postman. This is the one relationship in which sex is going to exist in that. And so the, if you are in a marriage or a committed relationship, the basis of that relationship is based on sex. And women will oftentimes say, well, that's not the only thing. No, it's not the only thing. And it's not what I'm saying. It's not the only thing, but it is the foundation. And if the foundation is broken, then the rest of your relationship is going to crumble. So you have to talk about sex and your needs in order to continuously rebuild and um, reinforce that foundation in your relationship. I love that. Absolutely. Open conversation. But obviously, we, we don't know that. Hi, Peach, what are do we? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. So Faisal's five ways to cure the dead bedroom. And what I like to do is I like to use one of the principles I teach is sexual charisma, right? So the more Mm -hmm. sexual charisma you have, the more sex you will have. So rule number one, it goes to the self, right? Stop Mm -hmm. watching porn. Stop masturbating because you're leaking essential sexual energy, right? And get fit. Simple Mm -hmm. as that, right? Get off the porn. Get off the, you know, incessant masturbation. Get mm-hmm. yourself in shape. Get yourself in order. That's mm-hmm. rule number one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why do you think that is so important? Because a lot of the times when we don't have our needs met, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times when the guys are not getting their needs met, they're resorting to, okay, well, I can't do anything about it. I feel helpless. I'm in victim energy. I'll just take the easy route out, right? I'll go and watch some porn. I'll go and masturbate to that. And what happens is that once you've you've uh, ejaculated, once you've you've come, mm-hmm. you're like oh, you're passive. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, I've done some sexual cleansing, and in order to you know amplify my sexual charisma, and one of the mm-hmm. things that I did was you know like I've stopped watching porn. That was like. Mm-hmm. First of Jan, twenty twenty. That was my commitment. I was like, "Boom, mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch porn again," and I've stuck to that. And that made a huge difference. One, you stop wasting so much freaking time. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's one yeah. thing. And porn is like it's a drug. You're mm-hmm. you're an addict, and, yeah. and it's easy to become that addict. So I've stopped uh, resorting to porn. Yeah. And there was times when I went where I didn't, you know, uh, ejaculate. My, and what that did was it fires up, it builds up a lot of sexual energy. And I know a lot of the times that nice guys masturbate in order to mm-hmm. calm and soothe their anxiety. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I can't, I can't sleep or I'm right. way too stressed. It's a lot of masturbation is a, uh, anxiety coping mechanism. It's about nice killing guys. the tension. It's, it's killing the tension. It kills a lot. Of, it kills the vibe. Yeah. And the way she wants to feel your sexual energy, she wants to feel it. And if you yeah. come out or going to date or drained, she's not going to mm-hmm. feel that tension. She's not going to feel sure. the sexual vibe, that sexual charismatic aura. Sure. So she's not going to feel that. Sure. So that's what you're doing. Sure. You're killing it. Yeah. All right. So, so number, two number two for 
For me, number two is yeah. overcoming sexual shame. This is a big Ooh. one, especially for nice guys. Yeah. And it was a big one for me is, uh, and again, based on how I was raised, sex was considered a sin. It was something you don't talk about. And so there was a lot of shame around that. If sex is something that's done in marriage, then why do I want to have sex with all these different women? <laughs> you know, and if sex is a mm. sin, then I must be a giant sinner. And then that shame piece is there's something wrong with me. There's something broken with me, within me. I am broken. And, and if we don't work on healing that sexual shame, it can literally be deadly. I have had a client in the past who dealt with so much sexual shame that he committed suicide. And it was one of the most sad things that I have experienced. But this guy, his belief about his sexuality and his um, shame that went along with that was so high. He used alcohol for years and years and years to uh, cover that. And then, um, you know, just it was, it was a tragic situation all the way around. But shame is deadly. So you really, if you have any shame, and the shame is the feeling like there must be something wrong with me, I'm broken in some way, there's some sort of taboo that I'm attracted to. Yeah, it was recently on this uh, retreat with uh, John Wineland, and one of the things we worked on was sexual taboos. Mm. And like, just can you, give it, can you give it examples of, of some of them? Yeah, I mean, like just like the most dark kind of sexual taboos that you could think of. And I don't want to share anybody's because I, you know, of the the kind of confidentiality oh, yeah. and stuff like that. I know, right? But uh, but I mean, dark dark probably what you're thinking about right now is what the darkness that we were talking about i feel bad (laughs) (laughs) i'm bad i'm bad i'm bad right and so oh i have this thought therefore i must be this monster you know yes yeah yeah and And it's coming to terms with your taboos it was such a healing work that we did the healing wasn't so much around the healing was around like I'm in a room with 60 guys and we are sharing scary, dark shit and we're all holding each other. And it was just a, it was a beautiful moment. I was, I was impressed at how, how men are willing to love and give when they're feeling safe. That's so good. That's so important. That's so important. Yeah. You know, when you talked about sexual shame, um, I call it the sexual fracture and, you know, Growing, growing up, um, especially in my culture, in Asian culture, you know, sex is, oh, no, 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 we do not talk about sex. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, it's, it's, it's the most, for, you know, forbidden thing, even on TV. If, yeah. you know, there was a, uh, the Discovery Channel, there's, you know, a lion's mating is like, yeah. turn away, you know, speak, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just turn away. It's like, no, we don't do those yeah. things. How do yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I remember that, you know, it took me a very long time to actually admit to, you know, people, you know, to admit to like safe people that, you know, I masturbated. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, no, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. You watch porn. Yeah. Show. I don't watch yeah. that. So yeah. I would just like lie about it. Actually, mm-hmm. she's really pretty. I would love to go, but I would be like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't say those things like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would have those sexual needs and desires and mm-hmm. fantasies. And the sexual fractures voice. So I have it. It's like each fracture, there's four fractures. One of the voice of the sexual fracture is I'm wrong or I'm bad for thinking those thoughts or wanting those thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And the other fracture part is that, you know, I, I won't be able to please. Yeah. Yeah. I won't, I won't be good enough. Satisfy that. So I, I carried that around for a lot. And I remember one of the ways I healed that. I remember, talking to a friend of mine, he's into growth and psychology, mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. he was just so relaxed and openly talking about masturbation. And I'm just sitting there mm-hmm. going, I was yeah. in red. I was like, yeah. We'll experience yeah, that. Yeah, me sure. too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, and that's what the, that again, that's where the shame I think comes off and why it's so important that we as men have other men in our lives 
because that's what shame is. I am alone. I'm the only one who thinks this dark Mm -hmm. taboo, you know, and for somebody else to say, no, that's, that's me. All of a sudden it normalizes it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So this isn't abnormal. Um, you know, sure. I shouldn't act on this thought, but having the thought isn't, you know, doesn't make me bad. It makes me human. So, um, we better move on and we're not going to make it through our list here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So number two, (laughs) so sexual shame, so sexual shame is you want mine is to get more to fix the dead bedroom is to use the AAR model, right? So I have an AAR intimacy model. The AA stands for attention and attraction. Mm. So, and the R stands for relationship. Each of them have their own principles. Now what happens mm-hmm. is when you have the dead bedroom, a lot of the times the guys uh, forget the attention and the attraction rules mm-hmm. and they go a lot to the, the relationship rules. So let me give you an mm-hmm. example in relationship. We need safety and, and certainty, right? Mm-hmm. In attraction, we need uncertainty, mystery, mm-hmm. surprises, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. in attraction, right? A lot of times the guys would be available as uh, so unavailable, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. in the relationship skills, He's available. So you got to balance that out. This is what I see a lot of guys do is they're, they're, they're way too available. They're yes, people pleasers. Mm-hmm. That kills sexual attraction. So you got to remember sexual attraction has its own mm-hmm. laws, its own principles. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It's not a choice. Mm-hmm. And it works in, works in its own way. So apply yeah. its principles. Okay. Love that. That's great. So that's okay. Number three, number three. Well, my, my number three, three is I call, I call these the three types of sex. All right. So okay. there are three types of sex. Sex. Number one is like visceral fucking it's animalistic. It's just like, Oh, you know, um, right now. You're, <laughs> 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 speaking of taboos, uh, that's that, just that visceral, visceral type of type of sex. The other side of the spectrum is sex. It's just like deep and intimacy. And it's almost like this spiritual connection where you're just with your lover and it's tantric and you're like, uh, you know, kind of, kind of thing like that. And then the third type of sex is what I call maintenance sex. And maintenance sex is bringing sex into your relationship as a way to create connection, even when you don't necessarily feel like it. All right. Now, most guys will, like, we want one or the other on those two spectrums, right? If I'm not having, like, this deep fucking porn star experience, or if I'm not having this goddess and god connection kind of thing, then the sex isn't any good. It's terrible. Uh, So we shy away from them. We get afraid of the sex that's just kind of like, eh, it's a little vanilla, you know? But I think you need that to practice that in order to have these other experiences that when you have these experiences, they're good. Um, but if your expectation is it's always going to be this crazy, you know, hanging from the ceilings kind of stuff like that, 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 that your relationship needs to be taken care of in order for it to grow. So three, six, yeah. Well, when you said maintenance sex, I thought, do I have to, dress up as a fucking plumber and then (laughs) right well that would bring in you know that might that totally i think you should do that and then you know and then it kind of but i think in that maintenance sex you can start to learn to play with it and have it kind of thing you know where uh you know it's like okay we're you know we're going to have sex on a regular basis right um and then it's like yeah let's bring some fun and you know levity into it as well Nice, nice role play. Role play. I love that. Yeah. That is, that's so true. Yeah. So my number three is seducer, right? Learn okay. the art of seduction. This is where this is where I kind of struggled a little bit. And even though you know I, I had plenty of sexual activity in, in my life, what I realized was a lot of guys are terrible seducers. We've mm. lost the art of charm, seduction, and, and charismatically do this. So the principles I teach is seduce her mind, yeah? Mm. Seduce her intellectually, 
emotionally, energetically, and then the last part, right? Even seduce her in environmentally. And that means, you know, uh, w- taking a nice walk, right? Go- going somewhere nice where there is more, uh, where you feel relaxed. That's, that's environmental seduction. Intellectual is like you have great topics, great debates, and you can talk about it and be still fun with it. Emotional mm. is you talk about deep stuff that's high and low, kind of like a roller coaster ride. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And this energy stuff is, you know, you bring that masculine energy, leadership, yeah. knowing what you want. So that's an energetic seduction. And then comes the physical uh, seduction. Yeah. And gents, it's patience, it's slow, it's teasing. Yeah, yeah I know. We want wham, Build bam, thank you, ma'am. That's it. Yeah, we. We, that's what we want. But for her, it's the tease. One of my longest seduction was like six months long. Yeah. I, I, you know, it was like a challenge. And I, I remember yeah. saying to her, look, I can do anything to you, but you cannot do anything to me. You can't even touch me. And she's yeah. like, what kind of rule is this? I said, you know, <laughs> thank me. about it. And it, yeah. it just brought her to like melting point every time. You know, I have this connection with my lover. It's like we bring this um, ability to get close, you know, have different types of sex, one and two types of sex, but also bring the seduction in. It's mental seduction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. guys, become charismatic seducers. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. And that really segues to, to my number four, which is awaken the energies of arousal. I think oftentimes us guys, nice guys in particular, we're in our heads and we're thinking about sex. We're anticipating sex and the sexual energy is just coming from our big head, not the little head. And we are not in our bodies when it comes to to sex and we're not creating energy within our body, you know, where you're feeling the arousal more than just, you know, in your nether regions, you're feeling, I mean, you can feel the, you can feel your, the bottoms of your feet being sexually aroused. If you can feel that, I mean, if you can start practicing that with all these aspects of your body, then I think one of the things that starts to happen is you're awakening these energies and again, it's the masculine and feminine energies that create attraction and attachment, right? So the masculine, feminine, what does the masculine, feminine, a nut and a screw, it's masculine, fe- feminine. What does the nut and a screw do? It makes connection. It joins something together. So the masculine, feminine is all about creating connection. The way you create connection is within your body. And the more you bring the sexual energies throughout your body and that can be a practice of things like mindfulness, breathing, um, but it's getting out of your head and into your body. And when you're bringing a full body experience into the sexual experience, then you're more likely to have those, you know, those experiences that are, you know, those sort of mind blowing experiences. And, and your energy is about your enthusiasm. You know, it's about your ability to create that attraction and anticipation in her and the anticipation in yourself. And much like you were saying, Faisal, you know, it's this seduction piece of it, it's building that anticipation. So awaken the energies of arousal in your body. That's my number four. I love that. That, that was good. I love your dirty talk as well. Nuts and bolts, you. you know. <laughs> nuts and bolts, right? Yeah, it, yeah. yeah um, the nut goes into the bolt, or is it bolt goes into, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I get that absolutely. Awaken the uh, energies, and that's you know that kind of tells me you know sometimes a lot of nice guys come from a logical point of view, <laughs> and you cannot logically attract a woman. That just doesn't work, right? This is why you know you need yeah. to build those energies that creates chemistry. Yeah. All right, so my number four, and this is so important. When it comes to sexual attraction, don't take it personally, right? You are going to get rejected. She is going to push you away. She is going to challenge you. She is going to give you all the shit tests, right? 
Do not lose your masculine frame. Get butthurt. Have a tantrum. Get upset. Get all needy and say,、like, "Oh, I'm not getting my needs met." That's the most important thing. Is like, ah, no worries. So the、yeah. superpower you want to have is for attraction to really come alive. Is the、mm-hmm. most powerful man is the man who's willing to walk away.、Right? Yeah. Don't get tantrum. Don't get butt hurt.、Yeah. Just remember,、mm-hmm. be willing to walk、mm-hmm. away and like, hey, cool, no worries. Off, and you're smooth, silky about、mm-hmm. it, and you can come back and reapproach at any time.、Yeah. That's the most important thing. Is just because she says no right now, it doesn't mean it's no forever. Right. Yes. Yeah, yes. It might be. You haven't done enough seduction. You haven't warmed her up. You haven't done enough foreplay, mental foreplay, energetic foreplay. You haven't done enough connection,、uh, connection building. Maybe there's not enough empathy. Maybe there's not enough、uh, time and patience、yeah. in it. All、yeah. you've done is become way too needy, way too thirsty, and all you want is just fuck, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she kind of she can she can feel that right of, of it's not I want to join with you. It's I want to get something from you. I want you、yeah. to make me feel better, and you know she'll she'll feel that neediness in you, and that's not what she's、yeah. attracted to at all. Yeah. So great way. To、uh, number, five number five I have is the、uh, ABF or what I call always be flirting. That Ooh, I like those. You should always be flirting with your spouse, your partner. You know, creating that tension. That it's just kind of a normal practice,、uh, you know. Rather than getting butt hurt,、um, and I don't do this perfectly all the time. When my wife will say something to me that you know might make me feel a little butt hurt or something like that, I'll take it and I'll turn it around and I'll just kind of flirt with that, you know. Sort of, you know, like we were just doing with the nuts and bolts thing. You know, it's like, oh, you know, you're gonna, you know, like I want. You know, You need to take out the garbage. Ooh, I'll take out the garbage. I'll take out the garbage. All right, I'm going to take out the fucking garbage, and then you know <laughs> I'm going to come come over and I'm going to pick you up and take you out to the garbage. You know this that kind of kind of that's thing rubbish. Of tussle. <laughs> that's rubbish, right? Yeah, I'm going to take your rubbish.、Um, but to always be flirting because when we do that again, it's creating that tension, and it's the positive、yeah. tension. She's creating negative attention. Come take out the garbage and.、Um, And 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 then I might get butt hurt because oh, all you ever want me to do is take out the garbage. But if I can take that and add the tension to it, like you know, woman, you be careful. I'm going to take you out to the garbage, you know, kind of thing, right? And again, just playful banter.、Uh, that that's always being flirting, and that always being flirting will also help you to not drop into that lower state of getting butt hurt. Oh, I love that! I love that acronyms A B F. Oh my, I'm going to steal、yeah. that one as well. Okay. So I've got acronym as well. So now we're speaking、yeah. with it. Mine is A B L E able, right? You want to be an able man. You want to be a charismatic able man. And able stands for always be leading and escalating, right? So always be leading and escalating. Here's the thing: leaders have this dominant energy, right? If you haven't got the Dominant energy of grabbing her by the throat, putting her against the wall, and fucking her. If you haven't got that energetically, right, she's not gonna get so excited about you, right. So if you haven't got、mm. that, a lot of a lot of nice guys, you know, have this problem with the word dominant and dominant. They're like,、yeah. oh my god, it's、yeah. really poor. In、yeah. a law, in the world of erotic, erotic world, right, dominant, right. I mean, for example, Fifty Shades of Grey. It wasn't about、sure, a nice、yeah. guy who came along and said, "Please, Miss, <laughs> do you mind right, right, if I insert、yeah. myself inside of you?、Right. And if that's、right. okay, here's the form. Press click and be okay with that." No, the guy was dominant.、Yeah. He knew what he wanted, and、mm-hmm. that's the law of eroticism, right? No one to use those laws and principles, right? You can't just go around using it everywhere, but just knowing <laughs> when to step into that. That's where I think that tension of where. It's safe and dangerous at the same time. You know, there's this sort of tension that exists between that. Right? We know what the limits are. We have sort of a safe word, whatever kind of thing like that. But that you're safe, 
in this dominance. And when you're safe in the dominance, then that creates that anticipation, that attraction, that escalation that you're talking about. Absolutely. And, and this is the thing. When one of the most important things I talk about is I talk about, I know Robert Glover had the three T's. I have the five T's. Yeah. And the last T okay. is, is, is called the temperature, right? You, you calibrate to your partner. Mm. And this is what mm -hmm. a lot of guys don't know. They, when you calibrate, right? So calibrate is adjusting yourself to seeing where she is. If you're way too far forward, if you're, if you're, if you're like too sure. hot, right? She's sure. going to get burned. So you just cool down a bit. If you're too cold, right? She's not going to feel that warmth, right? So you just got to be the right yeah. temperature on this. And sometimes a lot of guys forget that women have history of sexual history where yes. they might have been pushed, abused, abused like yeah. Yeah. yeah, abuse. So what you have to, I've, I've been with women where they've had not great history of sexual history. Mm -hmm. And there were times when, you know, she would get really emotional. She would cry yeah. or she would have like uh, something come mm -hmm. up for her. Yeah. And the old Pfizer would have been, oh my God, I did something wrong. I'm panicking. Right. I'm trying to fix right. her. The new Pfizer was like a leader. It was like mm. the mm. lighthouse, you know, the, the cool, yeah. calm, collected. They don't take it personally, yeah. calibrated with her, you know, put my arms around her. Just, just check in where she is, right? If I you're thirsty, that. if you're thirsty, you're, you're needy, yeah. you're out of control. You're not going to pick those clues up, right? Right. So, right. Right. So most of the time, just. So you can, you now. basically kind of lead her out of that trauma back into the here and now with your presence, as opposed to like just. Absolutely getting upset and, and hurt and, you know, withdrawing yeah. because, because of whatever. Yeah. I love that's really, really powerful. I had never really thought of it like that before, but I think that's great because it, it similarly at, at relationships where the, the woman has had sexual abuse and a similar kind of reactions to that. And, you know, and in my younger self didn't know how to handle that. And so I would just shut Same. down, withdraw or whatever. Um, but I, I love that idea of just being able to stay present bring her, you know, uh, you know, get, get on her level, you know, calibrate it, you calibrate with her and then you bring her back up into the higher calibration. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you, you stay grounded, you pace and lead, you know, you match her pace Yeah. and then you bring her out. And I, I've known when I started really stepping into this masculine essence, um, you mm. know, some of the women have reported like, you know, my, my anxiety levels have gone down. I feel more sexually mm -hmm. relaxed. Yeah. I've even had girls say to me, you know what? My periods, they, they've come back or they've, they've, they've uh -huh. really improved, which is, uh -huh. it just shows that there's a lot of sexual, um, yeah. uh, you know, th th they're not comfortable around this area yeah. because a lot yeah. of guys yeah. don't know how to lead. And when I say a lot of yeah. guys, I was one of those guys, you know, so I had to yeah. learn this. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's even, even true. Like if she's angry, you can calibrate with her at that place and then, you know, bring her back up to a higher place where you're creating that flirtation and tension and stuff like that. So I think it's really good. It's all about leading over. So yeah. Chuck, any last yes, takeaways, any kind of like last tip you want to give them? Yeah, I would say that if you're in the dead bedroom, Kind of going back to what we said at the beginning. It's your responsibility to figure things out. We've given you 10 different ways in which you can start increasing the attraction and the sexual energy within your relationship. So you can start there. I would also say that there are relationships that are truly dead. There's no breathing life back into them. And you're going to have to grieve that loss. You're going to have to move on and find the relationship where it is alive. Yet, oftentimes we're so invested in a relationship. It's sort of that sunken cost fallacy that we mm -hmm. stay in this dead relationship. The foundation is crumbled. It's gone, but we stay in that. And so I would really encourage guys like if you're and one of the things robert says you know is like if your relationship isn't going well it's your problem you're either not doing what you need to do to increase 
the sexual energy and the connection and the attraction and all that, or you're in a relationship that's been dead a long time ago and you're staying in it. So my takeaway is if you're in a dead bedroom, do something about it. Either start creating the attraction that brings breathes life back into it or bury it. I love that. I love that. Such such a powerful uh, note on that one. So my my tip would be uh, a lot of the times when it comes to sexual attraction, you know, we guys are very logical thinkers and we don't really believe this. Like, no, that won't work. This won't work. That won't work. Right. So there's a lot of nice guys are non-believers. Here's what I, here's my invitation. Pick up romance books, erotic novels written by women, right? You will go into a completely different world. You will go into what women find arousing, erotic, and it'll just, it'll shake your world up because there'll be things in there. They'll be like, what? That doesn't make sense. Why is that exciting for her? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, Mm -hmm. uh, for example, you know, she might have a sexual fantasy, right? Women have these amazing fantasies and stories. And it's, you know, yeah. for us, it's like, bam, bam, thank you, kind of like fantasy. Hers sure. is like, you know, he came in and he was, he looked deep into my eyes and that glare, that tension, I just knew I yeah. wanted him. There was a whole foreplay to it. Yeah. Right? So I know the guys I've, you know, like, where is the sex part? I'm like, probably down in chapter 12. <laughs> yeah. Where is it? Yeah. It's like, she's talking about what? She's talking about her day and her shopping and fans. It's like, where is this part? So guys, yeah, pick yeah. up erotic novels and right. really slow down patience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slow is smooth and smooth is smooth fast. It's fast. Yes. I love that saying. That reminds me of, uh, yeah, my wife, <laughs> my wife doesn't read necessarily erotic novels or anything like that, but her favorite she has two favorite types of genres when it comes to movies. One is uh, Christmas movies, like Hallmark Christmas movies, where it's it's always like this. Um, you know, there's this tension. You could, I mean, you just you could write the story as you're watching it. You know what's going to happen. That you know, guy comes in. There's this tension. There's this. You know, are they going to get together? Aren't they going to get together? Kind of tension that leads up to that part of mm. her. You know, you know, want, you know, build it builds up the the escalation, and so I think that that's one of those things that we guys again um, we shy away from that. Oh, she's upset with me. She doesn't want to be with me. Okay, let me run and hide. <laughs> exactly. Just because she's upset doesn't mean that she's not sexually right. attracted to you. She, exactly. you know, w- one thing that's really uh, confusing and doesn't make logical sense is she can be annoyed with you, pissed off with you, angry with you, and be sexually attracted to you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get that, right? So she doesn't always have to yeah. like you to be sexually attracted to you. And she yeah. also can like you and not be sexually attracted to you. Yeah. And you want to know what the other kind of show that she likes to watch? What's the other one? Serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's either Christmas movies or serial killers. And that right there, right? Again, it's that tension. That's that darkness. The dark. You know? And it's the light and levity. And so, you know, finding that interplay between those two things is really important. Oh, the dark side. That is an interesting one as well. Women love men who can take them to the edge, you know, of the Mm -hmm. dark side as well. Mm -hmm. So, Chuck, um, I want to be able to help the guys even more with this, right? So, if guys who are in a relationship, because you work with a lot of guys who are in marriages, long-term mm-hmm. relationships, you know, how can they get your help and support if they want to find out, Hey, Chuck, I've sure. got this dead bedroom. What can I do? How can they yeah. reach out to you? Yeah. Well, my website is niceguyhelp.com and uh, you can go there and get information about how to connect with me about the work that I do and how I can help you move from the dead bedroom to a place of excitement and fulfilling sex within your relationship or get to the point where it's like, okay, this is something that's dead and should have been buried a long time ago. And then how, how to move on from that. So like I said, it's your responsibility for your own needs, wants, and happiness. And if your needs, wants, and happiness aren't being fulfilled, it's your responsibility to make those needs, wants, and happiness fulfilled in your life. And if you're looking for how to create more charisma and attraction in your relationship, 
how can guys get contact with you, Faisal? Awesome. So if you go to www.masculine.co, what I have is a Masculine Charisma Blueprint, and I have some uh, modules in there. One of the modules is Charismatic Sexuality, and that's where Charismatic Seduction and Sexuality, that's where a lot of guys struggle with is, you know, being that guy, women are just waiting to rip their clothes off, right? I wasn't that guy. I was more of the tech, the nerdy guy. A lot of the guys I'm working uh-huh. with are like, you know, that, you know like nah, the bland, the average guy. Yeah. Once they go through the blueprint, when they go through the, the course and the training, is they learn some basic attraction, sexual attraction principles. And women go crazy. I mean, the, some of the guys that send me text messages, screenshots, are like, look what's happening. Look how much she desires me, wants me. I had a client and uh, he had a problem of like no women. The next thing you know, he has a different problem. He says, right, how do I manage all these women? My anxiety (laughs) is coming up. It's too much now. I don't know how to manage myself. So it was, was, I said, you've got a good problem. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, so what are we going to do for our next podcast? All right, so speaking on the theme of sex and, you know, um, dead bedroom and everything, let's talk about one of the things that's really affecting men right now is low libido. Right? They are, it's, low sex it's drive. Becoming, yeah. yeah, low sex drive, erectile dysfunction, all of these things, right? So mm-hmm. I reckon – so we should definitely talk about how to boost our libido, right? The four mm-hmm. ways we can boost our libido, feel more passionate, more sexual, where, you know, you feel enjoy having a active sexual yeah. life. Even if you're single, you know, we will go through mm-hmm. some of the principles that you can do. And if you're in a long-term relationship, how to get some yeah. more, even more. How to get some more. And I think, especially as we age as men, um, you know, I'm, I'm, older <laughs> and yeah, I could kind of start to experience that low libido, that low sex drive, you know, that almost a little bit of like, okay, man, not, not that interested in it some days, you know, just because my yeah. libido is low and that there are things that we can do physiologically to increase our libido. Um, you know, uh, part of the libido is as, as men age, they start to lose their testosterone. And, you know, so mm-hmm. the levels of testosterone and things like that, managing those things and ways to increase, whether it's with supplements or, um, you know, uh, t- testosterone, um, bringing the testosterone level up, yeah. up, up, exercise, those kind of things that you can do to increase the testosterone, which can increase the libido. And we'll, we'll talk about that next time on our podcast before proven strategies every nice guy needs to boost their libido looking forward to that one all right thanks everyone see you in the next episode you've been listening to the nice guy show the podcast that helps nice guys move past their insecurities and fears into the fullness of their masculine strength and confidence be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and check out the website niceguyshow.com for more information on how to connect with chuck and faisal until next time Keep living your best life.